are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Awesome. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. And uh, today's bittersweet for me. Sweet, I am living my dream. You know, I never, ever thought that I would have three beautiful kids. I'm so happy. But it's bitter because I know what it's like. Ten years of waiting. And if somebody had said to me in year three, come here, I want to show you a picture. And say, come around here. See that? That's you in the future. And that's your husband. And you have three kids. I would have never believed them because I was so crashed feeling that. God, it must be something wrong with me, something you don't love about me. So for me, even though I'm rejoicing, I know in a room this big, someone here is hurting. Or someone's not here who didn't want to come today because it hurts. And so my heart goes out to them, and I just pray God's comfort on them. And I just hope this word brings encouragement and hope. So I have a picture. Okay, what to expect when you're expecting? And, you know, it's a famous book about uh, motherhood and parenting, a title, what to expect when you're expecting. But just to say that motherhood is God's idea, okay? Humans did not create motherhood. God did. It's from his heart. And so if we can have a talk about motherhood, it's not just for moms. So if you say, I'm not a mom, I check out, I'm not listening, no, 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 no. If it's in God's heart, it's in your heart too. And also, I wanted to have something for the guys that you can relate to expectation as well. So, perception's everything. Let's look at this. Perception, how you think you look when you give that sexy stare to a girl. <laughs> Reality, how you actually look. So, don't tell me, guys. Don't check out and say, oh, it's a Mother's Day thing. I'm not going to listen. We, could, we all deal with expectations. So, as a new mom, I was talking to uh, Christy and Mike and I ran into them in the grocery store, and just two-week-old little Charlotte, little button, she's so cute. And how's it going at home? And they said, oh, it's going good. But the funny thing is, after all the labor and delivery, when you really need the rest, it's like there's not a lot of rest to be found. And it's like, it's different. It's good, but it's different. And it's that whole expectation, right? And I found this picture. It so portrays that. What you think motherhood will be like, then what it's really like. <laughs> I tell you, that is so accurate. We have, I, I remember doing that, looking at them when they're sleeping, just like, oh, it's enchanting. I could just watch this for hours. But now Liberty's four years old, and we're locking our door at night going, you are not enchanting. Get away. Get away. And I guess Mike is guilty because he's the one staying up four hours after midnight holding her, thinking, oh, she just needs to be held. It's like, great idea, Mike. Talk to me in four years. Let me know how that works for you. Yeah. That's awesome. So... And not exactly what you always expect. And uh, I know no matter what stage you're in, whether they're a newborn or they're learning how to walk and you can't wait. Oh, I can't wait till my child walks. And then you realize once they walk, they don't stop walking. They touch everything. And you long for the old days when you could just put a soother and go, there you go. No matter what stage you're at, there's always an expectation that comes with it that may be not what you expected. Uh, Lance and I were living in Calgary. We had Mackenzie there. And six months later, God had opened up the heavens yet again. And I was pregnant after six months, after having a six-month-old. So 14 months, two babies. And you know the new mother guilt, where it's like, 
Mackenzie will suffer because of this. I need one-on-one time with a 14-month-old. What was I thinking? So I told Lance, you've got to rearrange your schedule. Come home. You look after Lucas. I will go with Mackenzie, and we're going to go to Mom and Tots, and I'm going to bond with my daughter because she needs me. And what will she do if she becomes 30 years old one day and looks back and said, I know, something's missing. When I was 14 months, she didn't love me enough. So that will not be me. So he rearranges his schedule. We go to Mom and Tops, and in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to sit in a circle with other moms. Our children will be quietly playing with dollhouses and Barbies. I'll be laughing. <laughs> They'll say, you have the greatest hair I've ever seen, Cindy. And I'll be like, yeah, I know. It's, it's genetic. And I had this picture in my head of then scooping up my daughter, going home and just enjoying and Lance saying, how was your day? It was heavenly, really. She's the spitting image of me, and, and we've bonded yet even more. What happened was, Mackenzie, if you haven't heard enough stories about her, very high-spirited. <laughs> she ran around bashing all the kids on the head, hitting them with toys, pulling their hair. Um, one time I found her, they had a whole wall that was a fireplace. It wasn't lit, thank the Lord. But she was in there covered in ashes from head to toe. And when parents would come around her children, uh, their children, they would hover over them as to protect them from my daughter. <laughs> Nobody wanted to talk to me. <laughs> they all thought that, what kind of parent are you that your child would be so wild? I could not let go of her arm to open the van door to bring her home because if I did, she would be gone. And uh, so expectation, you know, like totally. And I would come home and Lance would be like, did you have fun? No, I didn't have fun. It wasn't even a little bit fun. Everybody in that room thinks I'm a wacko. They don't know what I'm doing and I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, so expectation. Um, Luke chapter one. If you like the show, A Baby Story, you totally have to read the full deal on Elizabeth. We're just going to look at a little part of her, but you know the story that tells the whole thing of how they have the baby on TV? If you like that, read the whole story. Okay, so as I was getting ready to look at what I believe the Lord wanted me to share, I perused this part, and Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. And as I read that, I really believe the Lord said to me, Cindy, that's it. That's it. That's exposed. That's what the enemy wants to do to moms. That's what his plan has been from the beginning of time. It hasn't changed. He wants to inflict disgrace on moms. And so when I read that, I thought, oh, my goodness, that's totally true. And I thought, there's nothing worse than feeling that thing of shame, dishonor, no respect, feeling rejected, disapproved of, discredited, disfavored. And I thought, that's totally what he's up to. But just look for a minute at um, Elizabeth. And can you imagine, like, what kind of expectations would she have had of her son? You know, she was already quite on in age. So by the time he got to the age of, hey, mom, I decided what I want to do with my life. Awesome. What are you going to do, son? You going to be like your dad? You going to be a pastor? No, no, I don't think so. I kind of have something different in mind. Oh, a carpenter? No. Well, what are you thinking? Well, I kind of feel like I'd like to go to the wilderness. The wilderness. Are you kidding me? What in the world would you eat in the wilderness? There's nothing to eat there. That's why they call it the wilderness. Um, I might just live on locusts and honey. Son, 
you're kidding me here. You're not. No, what would you even wear out there? I could kill some animals and maybe take their skins and just stop it, John. Just stop it. You are not. Don't even think about that. Like, you're our only son. You're our hope. And here he's going off to the wilderness. Can you imagine what she must have expected when she got pregnant and how he turned out and how a lot of times those things don't make sense till the hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So I believe the Lord wants to, whatever take the enemy means for evil, he wants to turn it around for good. And so where the enemy has tried, especially in our North American culture, to paint a picture of disgrace on women, the Lord wants to turn that around, and he wants to clothe them in grace. So let's look at our scripture, Luke 1, 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Don't be afraid. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. The baby will be born. He will be holy. He'll be called the Son of God. What's more, you're real relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son. First ultrasound right there. Boom. She's six months pregnant. She's carrying a son. For nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. And the angel left her. The NIV says it this way. It says, Mary said, be it unto me as you have said. Now, as we read about this account and look at the message of God to Mary and her response, I have to wonder, what were her expectations and what did it turn out like in her eyes? And so often we read the Bible and we just think like, yeah, it's the Bible, it's the Holy Scripture, but we have to realize they're real people, you know? She lived next door to someone. She had friends. She had chores, responsibilities, and I believe that it had been quiet for a long time and not a lot of word of the Lord. There weren't a whole lot of prophets at that time. God sent an angel, and he needed her to know, this is God. This is not somebody's opinion. This is the living God is in your house today, and this is the destiny on your life. And I love, love her response. And she says, she didn't say excuses. She didn't say, I, can't, I don't know how to do this. I never had a baby before. And she didn't say, hey, get my sister or my cousin. Like, honestly, I'm not the one. But this young girl says, be it unto me as you have said. Isn't that huge faith? We need to know that when the Lord's talking to us, that if he says it, it's all on him to complete it. And we need our faith to be on his ability, not our inability. You don't have to look far to see the portrayal of moms in our culture today. Any TV show, movie, um, moms are portrayed as immature, stupid, and weak. 
you will see most shows portray the children as much more intelligent than the moms. Uh, they portray the moms as immature emotionally and weak as in they can't complete anything if their life depended on it. You know, maturity has less and less to do with uh, your age, and it has more and more to do with if you learn your lessons. So, you know, you can be young, and you can just get it. You can just fall down and say, okay, I learned from that. I learned from that. And you can be so wise at a young age. And you can do the same thing over and over again, and you can be older in years, but still be, as society portrays, immature. And so <clears throat> the thing is, God's always teaching us, right? He will use anything. He will use a donkey, a billboard. He is not limited to how much he can teach us. The question is, are we listening? So I had my keys in my hand the other day, and God was, I just looked at them, and I knew that God was telling me about my keys and how keys represent authority, right? And it was like, you know, it's not like this all the time, but sometimes you just get these moments where he just kind of downloads, right? And he's reminding me about how I lost my mail key two years ago. And I was so mad because I hate that we only have one mail key. Lance is the one with all the power in the house, and he forgets to check it. And there are valuable, important flyers that my mother and I need to read. And how can we do it if he's forgetting to check? And, you know, so anyway, he was reminding me how I'd lost this key. And what happened was I thought it cost at least $200 to replace your key, the mailbox. It's a government key. Someone told me two years later, no, you just go to Canadian Tire. It's $2. Done. Everyone in our house has a key now. Mackenzie and Lucas have their own mail key. It's awesome. So he was just showing me about these keys saying, Cindy, so many times we lose it and we think that we've got no authority. And we go wander around for years. And what we'll do is... He says, it's your mailbox, it's your mail, it's your name on it. But yet we settle and we say, I've got no options here. And so often in motherhood, we look around and we think, okay, my kids are too old, I have no influence. Or I've missed my opportunity of doing the right thing when they were younger. Or I just don't know what to do. And I would suggest that we go to the maker of the keys and see what other options he has to present. Because... One, number one thing is, one of the hugest lies of the enemy is, you don't have another choice. That's not God talking. With him, all things are possible. And we just have, I love the story um, of Lazarus, the account of Lazarus in the Bible, and how when the disciples came to him and said, you know, Jesus, Lazarus is sick, and he says, it won't end in death, but he did die. It's like, but it wasn't over yet. So we always have to know that with God, all things are possible. And if it looks dead, and the enemy says, oh, it's dead, we need to hear what the Lord wants to say about that. Okay, so Gabriel appears to her and says, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. And I don't know if you're like me, but I always thought, it kind of said, greetings, favorite woman. You're like the best of the best, and you went to temple every week, and you just obeyed your parents, and you've got the most gold stars. I've looked over all of Israel, and you are the perfect choice. But it doesn't. It doesn't say the favorite, the best. It says favored. And favored really means chosen. It means unmerited favor. It means grace. And all of a sudden, it's like, 
Are you kidding me? That means God could lose you as like anyone. He could use like me. Oh my goodness. This could change everything. So anytime we look at any hero in the Bible, they may have some good qualities, but we know that it's not, he's not looking at them as what is or extraordinary about you. He says, I'm taking the ordinary and I do something extraordinary in them. He's always the hero. He is always the hero. He does not pick the best of the best. It's a kingdom principle. He picks the least, the youngest, the weakest, the most damaged, the ones who think it is way gone too late. He says, no, today's your day. I'm doing something in you today. So uh, Mary definitely was not immature. She was young. She was not immature. Her, her response was so wise, so mature. She says, be it unto me as you have said. Not, I'm not good enough and I don't have experience. It was key to filling her, fulfilling her destiny. She was not easily discouraged. She didn't whine. You know what? Whining's not just for five and under. You know, honestly, I cannot stand whining. The rule in our house is whining goes straight to your room. And sometimes I whine and I hear myself whining. And I think, I am annoying myself, but I can't stop. But you know what? Maturity says, okay, have your moment, get over it, but move on, you know? So she was young, but so mature. The other way the enemy disgraces mothers is by portraying them as, and worse yet, having them believe that they're stupid. And boy, oh boy, is it time to shake that one off. You know, God does not create stupid. He never, ever, ever has. There's a whole big ocean of difference between smart and wise, but stupid is not from God. And how many times do we as ladies or gentlemen as well just say over and over, oh, I'm so stupid. I just don't get computers, or I just don't, I'm not good at this. I can't do that. Uh, I went to the... um, car wash in the north because I knew they had this special contraption for putting air in tires. And so I went in there and I could not for the life of me figure out how this air thing went on the tire. took this cap off and I put it on there and it just seemed like it wasn't getting in there. And I'm just like, come on, Cindy, pull it together. Anybody could do this. And I'm looking around to see if there's a lady who maybe works in the garage. And there wasn't. It was all surrounded by trucks and boys. So I'm just like, oh, who cares? Like, who cares if I can't put air in a tire? So I go to this guy. Can you come over and just show me? It's probably just some little thing or whatever. But, and so he gets down. He looks at the tire. He looks at me. And he says, this air hose, it's for spraying out your engine. He goes, the kind of air you need is at the gas station. I'm like, oh, of course it is. (laughs) You know, and then you have a choice. You can either just be like, I'm so stupid and be grief stricken or just whatever. Would you like to come to the gas station and help me there? Because I'm probably going to need help over there too. But um, making women feel and believe that they're stupid, it totally breeds the feeling of being inadequate and scared. And anything that is fear-based, it's not God. It's not God. If you feel like, let me tell you something. For me, totally, that I could stand up here and share this is just a testimony of what God's doing in my life because I would have thought, I can't. No way. 
people will look at me. <laughs> but you know what? That's, that whole thing of not being good enough and, and that guilt, that's not God. That's all fear-based. And it's like, really, if it's awesome, it's God who does it. And if it's not awesome, people forget in a while anyway. There's a big thing, difference between smart and wise. And the Bible says, whoever lacks wisdom, let them ask. James 1.5. And that tells us that wisdom is a spiritual thing. And it's from God. So we don't get to take credit for it anyway. And the best parenting book in the world is to ask the Lord. So many times we do everything else. Like, just got into Google a while ago. You can Google anything. You can Google any question and you'll get an answer. But it might not be the best one. Maybe instead of Google, we should God first and ask him. Um, so Genesis uh, 3, verses 8 to 11, just to, instead of reading it, I'll just speak it. The pursuit of knowledge in the garden had just failed miserably. They thought, let's eat of this tree. We're going to be so smart. And uh, so what did they do? They went and hid. And God comes in the garden, and he's calling out, Adam, Adam. And Adam comes out, and he says, we were hiding because we were naked. They were naked before, but they just didn't know. And I love God's response. You know what he said? He didn't say, yeah, you're right, you're naked. He didn't say, what did you think you were doing? What did God respond to Adam? He said, who told you you were naked? And I'm saying this morning, the Lord wants to ask some of you girls a question. Who told you you were stupid? Not him. He was saying to Adam, who have you been talking to? Who have you been listening to? That is not, not his voice. He never, ever calls people stupid. He does not create stupid. Why was Mary not intimidated? In verse 30, the angel said, don't be afraid. How come she didn't feel stupid? Because she knew who God was. She knew the call on her life. She knew she had found favor with him. Big mistake. Trying to find favor with anyone else other than God first, it's going to keep you running on a treadmill that there is no end. But you find favor with him, and everyone else, I love, love this saying. It's one of my life themes is that Jesus has paid the highest price for my life. And until somebody who comes along who has paid more than him, their opinion will never supersede his. So let's think about that. Who paid the highest price? Okay, his opinion matters the most. Everyone else, get in line. And if it doesn't line up with him, you can go to the back of the bus. Might not be the smartest person, but I'm not stupid. And if I lack wisdom, I know where to get it. You might not be having your finest moment, <laughs> but it's in that time where you just say, God, I just surrender it to you. The grace of an adult is that you pick yourself up and you move on. And you don't just crumble in grief and stay there. Jesus was acquainted with grief and sorrow, but he didn't live there, right? Oh, the last way that the enemy wants to um, enslave women in bondage and, and um, 
attack them, keep them back from being what they need to be is by portraying them as weak. And you know what happens? You'll notice this one is that when you see yourself or someone you love and they're present but they're not engaged, that's when you feel like I'm too weak. And you just go through the motions and you just do the things that you need to do, the tasks, but your heart's not in it anymore. And that's totally when the enemy thinks, you can't do it. Who do you think you are? And that is just the end. Let's look at how Mary uh, combated that. So he's, the, verse 31 and 32, the angel says, you're going to conceive and give birth to a son. His name will be Jesus. He'll be very great called the Son of the Most High, the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. To his kingdom there will be no end. So I have a question. Did Mary accomplish what she was supposed to do? He said, you're going to have a son, and then the rest of it was all on God. And so if God spoke this about Jesus and says, your job is this, her expectations at that time might have been, you know what? I'm going to have the Christ child. This is going to be amazing. He's going to be perfect. He won't tattle on his brothers. Of course, when they tattle on him, I'll know who to believe. Because they're like, no, James, go to your room. You're guilty. No, no, I didn't take the took of you as Jesus. No, he didn't lie. Go to your room. How do you know? I just know. So, you know, maybe she had an expectation of what it would be like, but I almost can guarantee she probably didn't expect that she would be carrying shame for the rest of her life of people who just didn't get, you know, there's no way she was a virgin. Everybody knew the rumors. And what about the day when she shows up, uh, they're at the wedding, and in John chapter 2, and Jesus is at the wedding as well, and she comes up and she says, Jesus, they're out of wine, and um, maybe you could help with that? Okay, if Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing, why would he say, Mom, woman, my time's not come yet, but yet he still changed the water into wine, right? So what's with that? So do you think maybe... This is just what I feel the Lord is telling me, but I don't know what commentaries say. Do you think maybe she might have been like, hey, Jesus, this is perfect. All our friends are here. Everybody who knows us is here. If we announce today that you're the Messiah, they're going to know that, that I'm right too. They're going to know that I'm clean and that, I'm, and that it, it was true. And he says, my time hasn't come yet. Maybe he wasn't talking about the time to do a miracle, but maybe he was talking about the time to announce who he was, which would also remove her disgrace. Maybe her expectations were hanging all the time of maybe today's the day his kingdom's going to be established, and she just didn't get it, but yet she continually submitted to the Lord. And I would think she did not expect that she would see this Messiah, the king of the world, crucified. I don't think she expected that. And I don't think that when that happened, she would expect that she would be standing there without her husband. And many days up to that, there's no mention of Joseph. I'm just saying that the enemy might have thought, perfect, it's a weak little girl. 
But I'm telling you, somewhere along the way, she learned to rise up again and again and again. And even when he was dead, something told her it's not over yet. And we need to not just be present in our homes, but we've got to be engaged. We've got to be participating. We've got to be encouraging, breathing life, finding out from the Father, what do you want to do in this? Because I know you haven't left. The Bible says you never leave or forsake us. So if you're still here, what are we doing, Lord? What's the plan today? And what are we praying about? And what are we speaking over our family and our situations? God's answer to our view of mothers. What can we expect? This is what his plan is for us. Proverbs 31.25 says, She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she can laugh at the days to come. And I, I just see God just taking away all the shame and saying, You know what? I know what it's felt like. I know what it's been like. But I got something way better. And I just want to say, too, that so many times we think, well, time. You know, that's the one thing you spend. You can't get it back. Guess what? In his kingdom, he can even redeem time. Maybe let's just bow our heads and just have a, maybe we just need to have a little private conversation with the Lord. And if you're, a mom, or you can relate to this message, a guy or a girl, doesn't matter. Maybe you can see on yourself a worn, tattered garment that just looks awful, and it, it's weakness, it's immaturity or shame or um, feeling stupid, and you want to just give that to him? And just allow him to give you what he wants you to wear. And isn't it amazing that she doesn't make that garment herself she is clothed in. He brings it. It's always, always, always only going to be his righteousness. Ours is always filthy rags. I love that he's not looking for the biggest and the brightest and the best, but he's, he's choosing. He's saying you, you, you. And the Bible says whosoever will may come. Nobody's disqualified. If you're breathing, that means he wants you. That means he loves you. Maybe you came here today because it's Mother's Day and you're just doing someone a favor, but I'm telling you, God had another plan. And Maybe you'd like to have a conversation with him and just say, God, I've been making a mess, but I will give it to you. And I will try again because he doesn't keep track of how many times we come back. He doesn't keep track of how many times we trip up. And so, Lord, I just thank you for this morning. Thank you for your goodness. God, you're good. And, Lord, whatever picture you had in mind when you created us, you're not cruel and you're not mean. You can complete every part of it. Lord, if you could do in Mary's life, Lord, this young girl who really had nothing to offer, if you could fulfill what you wanted in her life, you can do it in us. So, Lord, we just say yes. And we just silence those lies that we've been listening to. And I just encourage you, if you're just making your life right with God, or, or you just feel like, oh, I really, 
really need more prayer about that, what she was saying. I think, would you find someone you trust to pray with you or talk to you? You know, even if it's later this week, call the office and ask someone to meet with you. Don't. It's too valuable. It's too valuable to just say, I'll deal with it later. And I, we just encourage you. You know what? This is, this is a ministry church. It's not a perfect church, but, man, we, we do like to support each other. And we're going to have the kids come in and do a little something for, this, for us this morning. But I just thank you for listening. And I just bless you. And um, thank you, Lord. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.